story, Sonny. Yeah, I wish I was making it up. Call me. Now I get to see the end of it. I've been waiting a long time for this one. That's what you came for? You got it. Maximilien Ile-de-France. A.K.A. Legba. Born in Haiti, naturalized American citizen. To be buried here. What do you say we open her up? <laughs> be my guest, pal. What's that for? Proof. Say cheese, pal. Turn around, turn around. Don't let this guy make you. Silvio Romulus. Right-hand man to Mr. Legba. Voted most likely to take over the business. care of more than Papa's business. Tubbs, Castillo, Gina and Trudy, Zito and Switek. Together, they are the OCB. They are Miami Vice. And this is the Vice of Miami podcast. Do you remember the fast cars, flashy clothes, big money, and all of the heavy players on the 1980s most iconic TV show, Miami Vice? Then this is the podcast for you. Join Mark and Tim as we review each season and episode covering all of the details such as a storyline, stars, music, fun facts and locations, and as well as trivia in which you can participate. Get ready for the Voice of Miami podcast. Welcome back, Vice fans, to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 32. Mark and I are always glad you're joining us. We hope you enjoyed our last show covering Junk Love. So as always, sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy the Vice of Miami podcast covering Season 2, Episode 7, Tale of the Goat. And this episode's written by Jim Trombetta, directed by Michael O'Herlihy. The original air date is November 15th, 1985, and this is the 29th episode overall. Tim, what do we have for the summary? For our summary, we have a skeptical Tubbs delves into the world of voodoo to track the cult's leader, who has seemingly returned from the grave to collect old debts en route to his home country of Haiti. For this episode, we are going to only focus on one of the main stars of the Miami Vice series. Although he appeared in only four season one episodes as Lieutenant Lou Rodriguez, the nod goes to Gregory Sierra. 
Thank you, Tim. As he said, we're covering Gregory Sierra this time as Lieutenant Lou Rodriguez. Greg was born in New York, New York on January 25th, 1937. He began his acting career in 1969 on the TV series It Takes a Thief, followed by appearances in The High Chaparral, The Mod Squad with Clarence Williams III from this episode, and The Flying Nun, Mission Impossible, The Waltons, Ironside, All in the Family, Kung Fu, and Gunsmoke before his recurring roles as Julio Fuentes, the constant bud of Fred Sanford's racial jokes in the San- in Sanford and Son, as Detective Sergeant Chano Amangual in the comedy Barney Miller, as Dr. Antonio Menzies in AES Hudson Street, and as Carlos El Puerco Valdez in Soap. His other TV roles include Quincy, Cagney and Lacey, Nurses, and his final TV role in the 2000 TV movie Blood Money. His movie career began with 1970's Beneath the Planet of the Apes, followed by Red Sky at Morning with Pepe Serna, The Thief Who Came to Dinner, Papillon, The Towering Inferno, and his final film in 2018, The Other Side of the Wind, which actually made was made in 1979 but not released until 2018. Sierra requested to be written out of Miami Vice after four episodes, reportedly due to his not wanting to live in Miami. Sierra passed away from cancer on January 4th, 2021 in Laguna Woods, California at the age of 83. And now, Mark, it's time for the Goof's Fun Facts and Locations. With our first Goof, when Legba hands Samedi the pickaxe, Samedi's left hand is on top, but in the next shot, his right hand is on top. In the following shot, his hands have switched position again. And our second goof, Bobby Profile's car lot is empty when it is bombed. Our first location is Pine Cemetery, 3700 Charles Avenue, Coconut Grove. And that's where Legba's body in the cemetery during the opening scene. Our second location is Little River Drive and Northwest 7th Avenue in Miami. That's Bobby Profile's car lot. If you check out Google Maps, this is actually 8800 7th Avenue. I'll have a screenshot of the scene in the episode and a Google map image of it today. As of 2021, it was still a car lot. And the final location for this episode is Via Vizcaya, 3252 South Miami Avenue, Coconut Grove, and that's where they had all the voodoo scenes. And Miami Vice in the news. Bill Russell recently passed away on July 31st, 2022. He was a legendary basketball player for many teams and won many accolades in the sport. But he played Judge Roger Ferguson in the 18th episode of Season 2 called The Fix. And Mark, on that same day, the website for the Day Publishing Company reported that former Miami Vice writer Robert Palm will be releasing his first novel called Erasure next spring through an Italian publishing company. Okay, Time for music in this episode. Well, after trying to include actual music within our discussion portion, which really didn't turn out as well as we'd like, especially trying to edit it, and while failing to include the Jan Hammer music when we did talk about the music during the discussion, we decided to put the music back as a standalone section. So here we go. Uh, We have Phantom Living by The Fix during Legba's Funeral. Transformation by Nona Hendricks during the uh, voodoo ritual. Can't Turn Back by Red Rider. 
That's when they're trying to locate the ritual site. And Flesh by Todd Rundgren. That's when Tubbs is in the hospital. And some Jan Hammer music for this episode, The Search. And that's when Crockett and Tubbs were surveilling Marie, as well as when the vice team was looking for Tubbs. Okay, let's go over the trivia portion for this episode. Last episode, we asked, what is the name of the yacht that Zito and Switek planted the tracking device on? Well, it's called the Limited Edition, and unfortunately, I could not find any actual photos of this, so just pretend it's on our Facebook post this week. Uh, We have Tom G., who answered it correctly. Thanks for chiming in, Tom. Tim, what do we have for this question? For this week's trivia question, when Tubbs was in the hospital recovering from the toxin Legba injected, he hallucinated Marie repeating the name Blackbird. To what was she referring? You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook post, or you can email us at viceofmiamishow at gmail.com. Now it's time for the discussion portion of this episode. The scene opens at the Miami International Airport where a tug pulling a casket of the former voodoo chief Legba from Haiti while Crockett is explaining about him and his ilk to Tubbs. And after security hands him over, Crockett takes a picture as proof. At the funeral, trying to be inconspicuous, they see Silvio Romulus, another... Miami Vice alum making a return as a different character, and Legba's main squeeze, Marie Sancierco, who is really close with Romulus. Were we led to believe a little bit too close? Romulus gets Marie into his car quickly, and then just then a motorcycle drives up, shooting into Legba's coffin. They open a coffin and they find just a voodoo mask, but no Legba. One of the shamans in attendance says, Voodoo. Yeah, at the funeral, they were very much trying, quote-unquote, to be inconspicuous. It's like hiding behind a tree, I think they were. You know, let, let's That's just about put it. a clown suit on and say, here I am. So anyway, we move along to the uh, voodoo ritual, and then later on at OCB. So at this ritual, we have Legba's body um, at some remote location, and they're trying to bring it back to life. They succeed. Being nice, he says, merci to his Frankenstein. Now, remember, people, Frankenstein wasn't the monster. He was the doctor. So he's alive and walking like a zombie. We'll get to our ratings. Just wait, people. So now at OCB, Dr. O'Hara, who I thought was kind of odd. He looked kind of like a stoned, freaked out. What, was, he just a, anyway. was he just a lab guy, Mark, or was he a medical examiner? I, I didn't I get that. don't know. I thought he was a medical examiner, but later on, he didn't act like one. So maybe he was just a consultant. I don't know, but he he definitely looked like a freaked out Doogie Hauser to me. Just didn't fit the part. Anyway, um, they're at OCB and he tells Crockett and Tubbs and Castillo that there's a toxin called tetrodotoxin, 
who knows if it's real or not, uh, found in the Caribbean that can be used to stimulate to simulate death for up to 48 hours. And with the tube that they found in the coffin, makes it possible that Legba is indeed still alive, but with possible drain damage. Yeah, if you remember this episode, you'll figure it out. Uh, so the good doctor, he left with some good advice. Don't let him bite you in the neck. I think your man's alive. <laughs> let me tell you something, pal. When I took that picture, he wasn't exactly the life of the party. Depends on the party. Ever been to some of our little get-togethers at the lab? No, there's a poison. Tetrodotoxin. It's found in certain Caribbean fish. Causes death by paralysis, but if you survive the first 48 hours, you're usually okay. Oh, wait, wait. You're telling me that if someone wanted to appear as if they were dead, they could take some of this toxin and... And revive in two days. It's possible. Trouble is, some kind of brain damage usually goes along with it. Let's face it, anyone who uses this stuff for salad dressing ain't exactly starting out Nobel Prize material. Castillo, I think, Castillo, uh, seemed to have perked up when the doctor mentioned voodoo. Uh, Crack and Tubbs here are still laughing it off, but if you remember in a few episodes ago with the Santeria, yep. you know, that was kind of Castillo's thing, right? Yeah. Voodoo, Santeria, same mother, different father. Exactly. You think uh, Castillo would be into this. Tim, what do we got next? Crack and Tubbs then head over to see Romulus to see if they can find out anything about Legba. While they're there, they see that Marie leads Romulus just as he drives off to see Bobby Profile, a car dealer, a.k.a. money launderer, to get his money clean before he heads back to Haiti. In the meantime, Legba goes to see Baron Samadhi, the little guy, the wee man, at the graveyard, and a voodoo ceremony is held where Legba puts a voodoo death curse on Romulus and Marie. And while Crock and Tubbs are still tailing Romulus, they wait outside a video arcade called Voodoo. Go figure. Romulus and his men are killed by Legba and, and his henchmen. Really an uneventful killing. I mean, a karate chop to the neck? Mr. Spock could do better than that. Oh, yes, he can. <laughs> this, again, wait till our reviews, but uh, I, yeah, this is what's good. <laughs> That's all I could say. So anyway, now we're moving along to uh, OCB and Marie's place, and I'm back at OCB. At OCB, Castillo wants Kraken Tubbs to keep uh, keep an eye on profile, and then to go see Maria. Um, Maria tells Kraken Tubbs that Lega, Legba was indeed going back to Haiti, but he wanted the money that was owed to him by Romulus. And Maria says that she will be protected by her friends. Kraken Tubbs kind of want to protect her, but she's like, no, I'll be protected by my friends. Crockett gives her their number, um, if indeed Treble wants to show its face. So now back at OCB, Crockett is uh, doing some paperwork, and the janitor's in the background, and he asks the janitor, what do you think of voodoo? Didn't really say much, but during this, Crockett gets a call from Maria, wanting to be safe, as Legba was uh, taking her with him, and she doesn't want to go. So I guess her friends, friends didn't really protect her. Go figure. Mm-hmm. So then now we're at Bobby Profiles car lot. And this is where Legba leaves graffiti on one of Bobby's vans, then calls him up wanting 500000 of Romulus's money. Bobby explains he doesn't have that much on hand, and he lays out a plan to get the money to him. He started talking about, I, you know, I basically I wash money, I do this. You know, and it's, it's so obvious that Legba, even in his zombie-like state, 
is not buying it. Yeah. Did you get my message? Yeah, I saw the graffiti. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely. Very nice. Cost me a brand new paint job. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not all. Meanwhile, Silvio Romulus is dead. The dead speak out my mouth. Romulus is crying. He wants you to save his soul from hell. <laughs> what do you think, I'm some kind of pope? The only thing that would be necessary is the 500,000 Romulus owes me. Unless you would like to join him where he is. I ain't got that kind of money just lying around. I mean, uh, I got it, you know, invested. Did a bunch of things for Silvio, you know, money markets and uh, offshore banks, things like that. Uh, you know, I, I paid him off nice and clean in dividends and I, I didn't give it to him all at once. To tell you what I'll do, uh, you show me uh, you show me the title of uh, Silvio's assets. Then I'll turn over the portfolio. Then all I need is your signature. You want my signature? I wrote it on your vehicle. Uh, so Bobby was talking to a cohort. He plans to knock off leg by at a construction site the next day. Crockett, Tubbs, and Zito are listening in the Bugbuster van. Have what they need to act. Where was where was where was Stan? He was uh, Zito's right hand man. We don't know. That night, Legba's men get the money and leave a bomb behind, which blows up Bobby and his car dealership. Bad acting here. Bad uh, vocal Tim, dubbing. Did they tie Bobby up? Did they tie up Bobby? I don't, I did don't they? know. I mean, <laughs> they didn't. They they weren't tying him up when they before the place blew up and while they were doing whatever. And y- you think if we were to have to imagine that he's dead in this explosion, you would want to see them being tying him up, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not Otherwise good. he could escape. Yeah, exactly. Did ratings, people, ratings. If right. If they didn't if would they didn't show us uh Bobby getting tied up, then maybe we're led to believe he escaped and maybe come back later on in the episode. So now we're moving along to the St. Vitus dance and then later on at OCB. So on St. Vitus dance, Maria is talking with Gina and she's explaining how the voodoo cult is run and how to join, etc. Gina is kind of just kind of, I don't want to say agreeing with her, but kind of going along just to get her to calm down, you know, be comfortable with the protection that she have. And then all of a sudden, two men pop up out of nowhere. One takes Maria, grabs her and takes her to Legba, and the other, who appeared from the water, is shot down by Gina, or so it seems. She just shoots, and that that's it. Personally, I, I liken this to the acting here, to Saturday morning kung fu classics. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Kung. Those kids were fast as lightning. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this... Oh, boy. So, at OCB... Uh, Marty, Crockett Tubbs, Gina, and Trudy think that with Maria gone, Legba's operation may be heading to Haiti. But before this, I don't know how they figured this out, they always have one more shindig. I guess it might be the protocol of voodoo. Who knows? Tubbs is talking that he wants to crash the voodoo sem- uh, ceremony to find Maria, but Crockett is worried about the consequences to Tubbs if he's found out to be a cop. I mean, yeah, okay, go there, be, you know, want to get in with this thing, but if they find out he's a cop, that's not good. Castillo still agrees to it, provided that uh, Tubbs 
makes contact with the vice crew when he finds Maria, and that Crockett is essentially on his heels. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. With Legba, you don't see it coming. At least you got a line on this voodoo hoodoo. Maybe we can find her there. Lieutenant, Marie's gone. I checked Romulus's house, talked to friends, nothing. Are you sure it's Legba's people? Couldn't be anybody else. Legba's whole operation has dropped out of sight. I think he's ready to roll. But what about this voodoo ceremony that Marie's been talking to Gina about? What about it? As far as I can see, this guy Legba, he can't resist at least one more gig before he splits. Marie did say Legba was a high priest. What are you saying, man? You want to crash the ceremony? Why not? So now she gave him the address to where to go for the pit to get picked up to go to the voodoo ceremony. He makes contact under the guise of wanting to be possessed and they drive him to the ritual site after he put a homing device on the truck. While Crockett follows, the device falls off and Crockett loses him. Hey, Tim, um, why does the device that was attached to the vehicle, why was that beeping and not the tracker itself? Don't you think this beeping would give away the tracker? You would think, yes, it would. And why are all rituals always at night? It adds to the mystique, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, during the ritual, Tubbs finds Maria. When he tries to leave with her, Legba's men take him down and bring him to the zombie lord himself, who injects him with the same toxin he took to come to Miami. And in his drug state, Tubbs sees Legba kill Marie. Croc and his search party spread out over the Legba site and... Switek does show up in this scene. We don't know where he was at before that, but he was in this scene looking for looking for Rico. Crockett found Tubbs's jacket, and Zito finds Tubbs face down in a drain pool along with some of Voodoo Tchotchkes. A question I have, and I'm going well, to bring this up again in the, in the review. Mark, did he know, did Legba know whether or not Tubbs was a cop? I don't know, but I think he was... Maybe pissed off. He was trying to protect Marie, maybe. One of them unanswered questions. That's possible. Anyway, keep on going with this. So now we're at the hospital. Uh, Tubbs had rushed to the hospital where he's still under the influence of the toxin. And he's seeing illusions of Legba, Maria, Samadhi. And he keeps reporting Blackbird. And here's the trivia answer, which we're not going to say, of what it is. So he's going through this kind of like the freak out or whatever. Still under the influence, he rises up. He attempts to choke Crockett, but he snaps out of it. And I'm thinking, did they, did the producers want us to experience his trance freak out in this scene with the camera work and all that? This is where the doctor's here. And uh, what was his uh, doctor, whoever, at the first uh, scene here about Dr. O'Hara? Yeah. He's at the hospital. So now is he a doctor or is he the medical examiner? I don't know. But he just doesn't seem properly placed correctly in this role he he like i said he looks weird he looks like a freaked out doogie hauser but anyway at ocb tubbs tells crack uh tubbs tells what he saw and what he heard to castillo and crockett and marty has zito and switek to go scope it out castillo doesn't want tubbs out on the street if he can't rely on him and, and you know i think crockett's kind of backing him up here saying you know i'll keep an eye on him at the freighter zito and switek are there what about Tubbs? He'll be okay. Seeing Legba kill Marie right in front of him, not being able to do anything about it, it rattled his cage a little. It's understandable. 
I don't want him out there. You can't rely on him. He'll be okay. So anyway, now they go to where this Blackbird is, and they notice a conversion van being hauled on board. This might give you a little bit of a, a clue as to what a Blackbird is. Zito and Swiatek wonder what's in the van. Then, as usual, Permami Vice gunfire erupts, and it's obvious Tubbs is still suffering from the effects of the toxin because I believe he was, like, just spacing out. Crockett shoots down one of Legbud's gun-toting ushers, I mean underlings, and he didn't have far to fall. Tubbs fires back at Legba. I he believe he, he winged him, he wounded him. More cohorts come out and are shot by Crockett. Tubbs finally hits Legba, and Legba is, is chanting. Tubbs has some more flashbacks as Legba falls to his death. Then Tubbs realizes that because Legba had his back to him the night he was drugged, he thinks that Maria was not killed, but instead dosed with the same toxin. Tubbs discovers her hidden in the false bottom inside the van, and she opens her eyes as he checks her condition. He says that she's now safe. End episode. Thank God. He had his back to me all the time. He didn't kill her. You're safe now, Marie. All right, let's go over the ratings for this episode. IMDB gives this episode a 6.6 out of 10. Folks, this is the lowest in the series so far. Even the maze got a 7.4, if you could believe that crap. Tim, after seeing that this was lower rated than the maze, I'd have to say I'm kind of surprised because this, this story had so much going for it, and it just did not produce. Yes, they have some god-awful acting, but the, again, the story could have gone further than it did. <laughs> it had it had a lot of potential. Again, like I said, even uh, you know some of the kung fu shows had more heart and soul into the acting skills. Again... The first question we seem to ask quite a bit is, why is Vice involved in this? Why is Vice involved? All they're doing is babysitting a stiff. Hey, Vera, we got another stiff in the jar. Why? Another babysitting job. Well, I, Not I, even you one would mention have to, of any tie to any drugs. I right? don't know if you'd have to guess, though, that the, t- Crockett knew who Legba was, and he was obviously in Miami before. Did he have, did, was he a drug dealer at the time? That would be the only thing... That would connect them, but that you would never said here. They, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I was just gonna say you would think they would have at least said that. Hey, this guy's a was a big time coke dealer back in the day, and now he's coming back. Okay, now we know why you're here. They didn't say that. What the hell are they doing? So anyway, Legba stages his whole death or whatever to come basically come get money and then go back to Haiti. Why not just send some henchmen to do your dirty work? There are two movies that are more action packed in dealing with stiffs. Night Shift with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton. Great movie. You telling me to shut up? I'm telling you to shut up. I'm t- I will tell your recorders that you don't forget. Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. And the weekend at Bernie's films. I could see if they stuck Zito and Switek with the body. Then, you know, it's plausible all this goofy crap could have happened, you know. Uh, Switek only makes a very brief appearance when looking for Tubbs. How come he wasn't in a Bugbuster van with Zito and Crockett and Tubbs during the surveillance of Bobby's car lot? They didn't say. 
They could have said, hey, maybe he was on vacation. They never said it, just like they never said why they're here watching this guy. The scene on St. Vitus' dance with Gina, it sucked. That's right, it sucks. Before I said the story had potential, I think it should have been more of a Castillo-centered episode since it has to do with voodoo. He's he's really into that sort of thing. Maybe they could call in Eartha Kitt with her Santeria expertise to guide Vice and uh, Castillo along and maybe beat this guy at his own game, you think? Uh, snag him for something other than gunning him down or uh, other rather than gunning him down. Uh, I think a lot, uh, it seems to me that a lot was wasted in this episode to make it worse than the maze, but it, it did. Uh, it was good to see Mike Williamson back, albeit uh, for a few minutes in the beginning there. But as one IMDB user commented, it's a tale of crap. Or maybe like this two word review from Spinal Tap. Merely a two word review just said sandwich. Um, Where'd they print that? Where'd they print that? That's not real. You can't print that. Tim, what do you think? Again, this episode delved into the world of voodoo, to which, you know, I really gave it a uh, half thumbs up, but I'll get to the reason why I gave it a half thumbs up. We had very minimal appearances by the OCB team other than Crockett and Tubbs, and here's where I gave it the half thumbs up. Is One of the best parts was Crockett and Tubbs laughing and making fun of Voodoo and the zombie concept while Castile was sitting there with a blank stare, almost as if he was zombified, like wondering why. You think he would you think he would at least said something like, can't you guys just be serious for once? You know, something like that. But <laughs> with he's stare. probably he's probably thinking I'm getting paid good money for this to, to act in this storyline. Really not much to this plot or to or babysit care, or to babysit. Yes. Not much that is plot or character development. It's just a criminal entrepreneur arriving back to the States via a coffin to collect on old debts owed him prior to returning to his motherland. And I agree with you, Mark. Why would you go there to come in? The only reason I believe he came back was to get the pure enjoyment out of killing people that owed him money. I mean, otherwise, Plus. why, why, why come back? And then go back. Doesn't make sense. Never did. Legba was definitely zombified. What really confused me was, did he know whether or not Tubbs was a cop? Did Maria dime him out? Maybe she was drugged up and in a trance. But it never was really answered. So again, the only half thumbs up go to that scene with uh, Crockett, Tubbs, and Castillo and the whole making fun of the voodoo. Zombie. We have now arrived at Snurd's Chalkboard of Wisdom, where we hope to inspire, enlighten, or make you snicker a little. In both the world of Miami Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. In the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and on our social media, we would like to offer some parting thoughts, a simple quote, phrase, or words of encouragement, or funny quip to you, our listeners. Because without you, our friends, we'd just be talking ourselves. And we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show and social media. This show's words of wisdom are from my high school history teacher, Mr. Danik. When in doubt, check it out. We encourage everyone listening to be a positive force, not only in your life, but others as well. It's contagious and can make our world a better place. And with that, we'd like to bring this episode of Vice of Miami podcast to a close. 
If you like our show, and we hope that you do, please do us a big favor. Help us spread the word. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Vice. Tell a friend and post this and other episodes on your social media. And please tag us at Vice of Miami Podcast so we can see it. And if you can, please rate us and review us on the show on Spotify, Apple, or your podcast platform of choice. This really helps us out immensely. It only takes a few moments and would mean the world to us. It's listeners like you who make what we do worth it. Many thanks to the following people who've liked, commented, or reviewed our shows. On Instagram, we have Luke M44, Lou Gazin, Felix Jamai, I'm sorry, that's Felix Jamali, and Swanson66. And on Facebook, we have Elaine Bell, Austin Kreitz, Shirley Lynch, and Aurora Montero. So until next time, we will see you on the Vice of Miami podcast, show number 33, covering season two, episode eight, Bushido. Now beat it, punks!